welcome to the week of Africa Arise. You know, some people look forward to Christmas, to birthdays, to New Year's. For us, it's Christmas, New Year's, and birthday, Africa Arise, every year. Okay, so I want to just uh, use this time to share a word to prepare us for Africa Arise. And I believe we're going to leave different from the way we came in today in Jesus' name. Um, if, you, if you remember the last several weeks, we were talking about, um, about uh, Hebrews chapter 1 and verse 1. Our Bible tells us that in the past God spoke to us through prophets and in many different ways. But in this last day, he has spoken to us by his son. And we said that in this last day, the message that God is giving to his people is not what his son said, but his son himself. The son is the message of God in this last day. Amen. And what that means is it's not just uh, um, the son is the expression of God's love. It's the expression of God's mercy. And it's expression of how far he went to redeem each and every one of us. God is not bringing another message. He's not bringing seven steps to your breakthrough. He's not bringing a message of turn around, throw your wallet on the ground, dance, and get your miracle breakthrough in your bank. His message is of his son. He's preaching his son. Amen? It's the only message he would ever preach. If God in the flesh, if he had a flesh, excuse me. Uh, but if he could come down and give a message, he would be telling us about his son. That's, what he, that's the message he's giving us. Amen? All right, and then we talked about last week, if you were here, we talked about how Joseph and, and his relationship with his brothers was a picture of our relationship with Jesus Christ. And we talked about how when they recognized that it was Joseph, from that, based on that revelation, everything for them changed. They went from slaves to joint heirs. They went from beggars to owning the best in all of Egypt. Because this is not the boss, this is our brother. And it's the same thing with Jesus. When we recognize Jesus, when we see who he is, we no longer become slaves. We are no longer slaves. We are joint heirs with him. And everything that the Father has is also ours. I said, everything that the Father has is also ours. Amen. Amen. And so this is what Joseph did with his brothers, and it's also what our elder brother Jesus did with us. It's a mighty work that he did. But it's funny, if you were here last week, you remember I said that after, after they moved to Egypt, and after Joseph did that huge revelation and changed the life of all of his family, the Bible says they lived with Jake, Joseph for 17 years and then their father Jacob died. And when their father Jacob died, the brothers of Joseph sent a message to him and said, when our father was still alive, he said to you, forgive your brothers of this wrong. And so they came and said, so please honor our father's request. And when Joseph heard this, he wept. Because they didn't even, they've been living together 17 years and they did not understand the heart of Joseph. They thought that Joseph was still trying to get them. But Joseph didn't have revenge in his heart. He had redemption in his heart. He had mercy in his heart. So Joseph wept. But the Bible says that the brothers, right as he was weeping, they fell down before him, bowed prostrate, and they said, we are your slaves. They could not be more off from interpreting, and so they were in the presence of Joseph, but they did not understand the heart of Joseph. And I found it's just like many of us. We could be in the presence of Jesus, 
and still not know the heart of Jesus. We could be in his presence, even feel his presence. You know, whenever we come into a setting like this and when we jointly lift our voices to give him praise, he promises to, indwell the, the, uh, to inhabit the praise of his people. He's here when we worship and you can sense it in your spirit. But it's possible to sense him and still not know his heart. And I would vote between the two, I would vote to know his heart over feeling his presence. Because feelings are fickle, they come and go, they change, even your own. All right? But, but the truth is unshakable. It's always the same. It's bigger than feeling. So we don't base our faith on what we feel. We don't base our faith on what we're going through. We base our faith on truth. And Jesus is truth. His love is truth. If I put a million bur in your bank account, Somebody got the revelation. Hmm? If I put a million, but you automatically become a millionaire, whether you feel it or not. You may not feel like a millionaire, but the truth is, is that you are. So base your, 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 your faith on truth and not on feeling. Amen? Because the truth is, it's in there. And in the same way, it is true that Jesus died for you. Fact. Truth. It's true that his love for you is everlasting. It's true that you have an everlasting home in glory. It's true that you're seated with the Father at, the, at his right hand. That's why I, when I pray, I don't just pray. I always pray tabernacle prayer. Because tabernacle prayer always helps me to set my mind on things above. Because down here, life is full of all kinds of wind and waves. Good days, bad days, Liverpool wins and Liverpool still wins. Come on, somebody. Amen. So we base our faith on truth. Truth, not feeling. Feeling is good, but feeling is unreliable. We base our faith, we put our trust in the truth that is Jesus. Amen. So the message that he has given us is one message. Today I want to talk about the message and the ministry that God has given us. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, please. So 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse number 17. It says, therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has gone, the new has come. All this is from God who reconciled us to himself through Christ and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. That God was reconciling the world to himself in Christ, not counting men's sins against them, and he has committed to us the message or the word of reconciliation. It says here, all this, verse 18, is from God who reconciled us to himself through Christ and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. He gave us the ministry of? Class, he gave us the ministry of? Notice that he did not give us the ministry of preaching. He did not give us the ministry of healing. He did not give us the ministry of singing. Amen. He gave us the ministry of reconciliation. So there's one word, one message that he has given us. And the message is his son. And there's one ministry that he has given us. The ministry of reconciliation. 
Amen? That is our ministry. That is our responsibility. The message and the ministry go together. See? Because in Christ, God was reconciling us to himself. That's the message. Christ is the message. And he gave to us the ministry of reconciliation. Not the ministry of preaching, of evangelism, of outreach. Of all. He gave us the ministry of reconciliation. Say reconciliation three times. It sounds beautiful on our mouth, doesn't it? But how many of you know that reconciliation is a beautiful word and very, very difficult subject to master? You know, the problem in the early church, the, the, the early church was born, the book of Acts records how the gospel spread. And what we see is from the beginning, everyone was preaching the message that in Christ Jesus is proclaimed to you forgiveness of sins. Paul said, I resolve to know nothing but Christ and him crucified. We preach Christ and him crucified. That was the message. They got the message down. But the ministry that they had been given proved to be a challenge. Because the, the, the early church was comprised of nothing but Jewish people. And they were happy with the ministry of, uh, with, the, with the message of Jesus in a Jewish context. In their mind, God came to save the Jews. Hallelujah. But Jesus told them, when, you, when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, you will receive power, and you will be my witness in Jerusalem. Hallelujah. That's Jewish. You'll be my witness in Judea. Hallelujah. That's also Jewish. But you'll also be my witness in Samaria. Wait, wait, wait a minute, Jesus. Let's talk about this. Because you see, Jews and Samaritans, they don't get along together. There's a lot of history and bad blood there. And then to the uttermost parts of the world. Slow down, Jesus. Yeah, this is a Jewish thing. You are the Jewish Savior, King of the Jews, not King of the Samaritans. All right? And if you read the scriptures, you will find what a challenge is. The book of Acts alone will show you how difficult it was for them to engage in the ministry of reconciliation. Do you remember Peter went to the house of Cornelius, a Roman centurion? The Romans were the most, uh, for lack of a better word, chakang. Um, help me. Chakang, Benglizenya. Cruel rulers. They were barbarous. They were the ones who came up with the idea of crucifixion in the first place. Horrific, barbaric, and they ruled with an iron fist. Everybody hated. In fact, the only reason the Jews were anticipating Messiah was so that they could get deliverance from, from the Romans. And the Holy Spirit takes Peter against his will to a Roman house. He steps into a house where it's not even allowed to set foot. And you know the story, you can read it in Acts chapter 10, and it created a mess because the Holy Spirit fell on the Romans. The Bible says that the Jews who went with Peter were surprised that the Holy Spirit also came. Yes, the Holy Spirit is for the Romans. Because Jesus is not the Savior of the Jews. He's the Savior of the world. That means he's given to you the ministry of reconciliation. And the first major church council, Acts chapter 15, all right, it was not about how to raise the tithes and offerings. It was about what to do with these Gentile believers. See, the Jews were prejudiced against everybody who was not them. And God had given them the message of Christ and the ministry of reconciliation. So the story of, 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 of the book of Acts is how the two mushroomed and grew together. And we see how difficult it was for them, those poor Jews. If they just wake up, just go to the house. I mean, it's just simple. Just go. It's not so simple. Because we also have our own Samaria today. 
This is an election year. <clears throat> we have our own Samaria today. In our context here, in, in this nation, in this continent, we have also our own Samaria. I'm not going to say the names because it's an election year, but the North eh, has issues with the South. Can I get an amen? And the East has issues with the West. These are long-standing blood, land, name, rights issues. Right? Amen. Can I tell it like it is? Uh, one of the challenges we have in this country, maybe it's because we were never colonized. Somebody say hallelujah. <laughs> but, but it's difficult for Ethiopians to get along sometimes with other non-Ethiopian Africans. Don't look around, just look straight ahead. Hmm? There's just a challenge sometimes. It's like a bridge that's just too, a gap that's too far. You can't, you can't cross it naturally. So we just stay over here and worship by ourselves. Can I go deeper? In this con continent, historically, there is a black-white history that's painful. Hmm. Everybody got quiet. But these are how the lines have fallen. These are our lots. So everybody has a Samaria. We have a tribal issue. We have a continental perception issue, race color issue, black white issue, purple gray issue. And we know our people. And we love our people. We stick with our people and God is good. Hallelujah. But, but see, Jesus gave us, God gave us a ministry of reconciliation, which means that the homework has to be engaged in a, in a very intentional way. We cannot be casual about it or count it as one of the many subjects that we... It's the only ministry we've been given. So one of the things I thank God for, for, for this church, is that God has helped us in this church because there's all colors in this church. Amen? Amen. There's all, even in our Amarinya service, there's all kinds of... Even within our Amarinya speaking context... There's from that side and that side. In fact, I was, I was looking at it, it was kind of a blessing because even our new building, you know, the architects, the consultants, and the engineers is all from the north and the south and the central. I mean, everybody putting their hands to build the house of God. Come on, somebody. It's the ministry of reconciliation. It's the ministry God has given us. He hasn't given us another one. Uh, let me tell you a testimony. Uh, and I, I appreciate this more as you go along and you see the drama that goes on. But when we laid the, 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 the foundation stone for this building, we had a ceremony. This used to be just a flat field. We used to actually use the construction site. It used to be our parking, parking area. And we laid the construction site, uh, the, the cornerstone. And uh, we, we, we went out there. We had a microphone and a sound system. And we gave chance for everybody, different people to pray. And different people were praying. It's, it's, it's going to be called Africa Worship Center. It's going to be called Africa Worship Center. Amen. Amen. And so we, we, we were having a wonderful time. And then the closing prayer, Abba gave the microphone to, to, somebody, to, to like consecrate and seal all the prayers that were prayed as we laid the foundation. He gave the microphone to a South African man. But not just a South African man. He gave the microphone to a minister who came for that Africa Rise conference. A white South African man. Now, now, some of you say, uh, Pastor Z, that's very nice, but you don't understand the history of South Africa. 
Let me explain. There is serious injustice, black-white issues in South Africa. And it's true, there is unresolved issues in South Africa. But God gave us this unusual ministry called the Ministry of Reconciliation. Which means that in this context, God has not given me the opportunity for revenge because he did not give me the revenge ministry. You see, he gave the ministry of reconciliation. Amen. And so, and I remember the look on his face when Abba called. He just kind of, he was like shocked because even he knows, are you sure you want me to? Yes, we are sure because this is not an earthly construction project. This is a heavenly construction project, which means it's not just the message that we're preaching. It's also the ministry that we are conducting. Praise the name of the Lord. And I thank God because he's really helped us in this ministry. Amen. Uh, and, and everybody, everybody is welcome because of this amazing ministry of reconciliation. Amen. The, the challenge for min the ministry of reconciliation, or the, let me say the the one thing that stands opposed to the ministry of reconciliation is the ministry of being right. Uh, everybody, we love this ministry of being right. When you figured it out and you find who is right, and the challenge with the ministry of being right is that once you define the ministry of being right, you automatically define who is wrong. And when there's right, and wrong, that means there is no ministry of reconciliation going on. And we sit in our rightness with our denomination. Hallelujah. Praising God in our rightness. Having prayer service in our rightness. Come on, somebody. Yeah. Doing ministry and outreach in our rightness. But God did not give us the ministry of being right. So the only way we can do the ministry of reconciliation is if, if we look at, if we look at, the wrong. The ministry of reconciliation tells us that we see the wrong and then we pay the price to make the wrong, that we pay the price that is due the ministry of wrong so that the ministry of reconciliation takes place between us. That's the ministry that God has given us. Sometimes it's good when everybody says amen, sometimes... It's good when everybody is quiet. Let me remind you that God was right. And we were wrong. And it was perfectly legal. He was perfectly justified to enjoy himself in heaven watching Liverpool. That's where Liverpool lives. In heaven. God could have just left us alone and minded his own business. He is right. He is holy. He is God. We are not right. We are sinners. We are broken. So he could have left us to our own ends. A life of eternal damnation separate from God. Gehenna burning in the everlasting fire where there is weeping and gnashing of teeth. We could have been left to our fate and it would have been perfectly legal. He had every right to do that. But God saw us in our state and he engaged in the ministry of reconciliation. And he gave us a message of Christ who took us in our wrong place, paid our price on our behalf. And the Bible says that in Christ Jesus, God was reconciling us to himself. And he gave us the ministry. It just the, continues the thought. Which means that for those who are on the wrong, even though they are wrong, you see, even though they are from that tribe, 
even though we have that history, even though we have that issue against them. The ministry of reconciliation finds a way to pay the price so that the ministry of reconciliation, this is the only ministry he has given us. Amen? You know, as I was preparing this, I, I began to realize, for some people, you know, this message, it's very difficult to, to, to hear. Even I have even minister friends who share with me how hard it is sometimes because of history. And history is history. Facts are facts. And, and many of us, whether we realize it or not, we are brought up in this mentality of my people. And, and to cross over is such a long stretch. It's painful. It does not come natural to every, a lot of people. But I thank God because God really helped me, not because I am better than other people, but I think God kind of, you know, when you look at your history, you will find that in many cases God has been preparing you a long time for where you are now. And, and I realized that, you know, I was born in this country, right? But when I was two weeks old, my parents left to go to Singapore. And I'm probably the only Ethiopian. My first language was Mandarin Chinese. So some people get mad at all the Chinese coming here to Ethiopia. I say, go, welcome home. <laughs> but, but what it does is it kind of, like, I even have pictures when I was a little kid with my, my, my friends. Hallelujah. But, you know, we grew up all over, and I, I didn't realize, but God was preparing. To, when we grew up, we had many people from different cultures and backgrounds kind of in and out of our lives. But my parents always made sure that I showed respect to elders no matter where they came from. So that means I, I grew up calling Ghanaians uncle and auntie, uncle George Combe, uncle Pius Wakatama from Zimbabwe, uncle, auntie Judy Mbugwa from Kenya. See, for, for, now you have to understand, it sounds, I don't know how, you, how this sounds to you, but for me, this was normal. Like, and even, even in America, Uncle Henry Souls, black American, and Aunt Effie Souls, yeah, black American. I, I, like, you grew up as a child calling them auntie and uncle, meaning that they're on equal terms with my parents, like brother and sister with my parents. I was raised to see them, even white Uncle Bob and Aunt Karen. White, uncle, Uncle Sam, Aunt Emily, white, American. Uncle Frank Arthur, British, white. You know what it does as a kid growing up with all these different aunties and uncles? It makes Ministry of Reconciliation very natural. Yeah, so it's not something I really had to try hard to do labor, pray, breakthrough. It was already, yeah, it was already in there. And I think the kind of church that God has helped us to be is testimony of that. There's, there's, there's people, actually we had some people who came from a certain country who had some serious issues, politically, racially, and historically land-related, and they were sitting on this side and this side, same, same nation, same history, but God brought them here under one, one roof, you see? Um, because God has only given us one ministry, and it's the ministry of preaching the gospel, no, that's the message, but that's not the ministry he has given us. The ministry he has given us is the ministry of reconciliation. Amen? Amen? Amen. Amen. Praise the name of the Lord. When Joseph's brothers were leaving, 
He, he revealed himself to the Genesis 45 tells us that Joseph revealed himself to his brothers. He says, I am your brother Joseph. How is my father? You remember the story. There was a great reconciliation. And then he says, now go home and get my father. Bring all your family. From now on, I'm going to take care of you. And they left his presence. And Joseph said, verse 24, he says, and while they were leaving, he says, and on your way, do not quarrel with one another. And I thought it was interesting that he had to say that to his brothers. Because you see, in light of such a beautiful ministry of reconciliation, in light of such a visitation from heaven, quarreling among each other, it doesn't look good on you. Mm -mm. In light of what has just happened, please don't quarrel with one another over these small bickering things. You have just been entered into a serious forgiveness, a serious ministry of reconciliation, a new beginning for you. Please don't quarrel with one another. And I would like to tell you, for those of us who have really received the mercy of God, please don't quarrel with one another. It doesn't look good on you. In light of what he has done, in light of the, you know, the parable of the king who forgave the debts, it doesn't look good. It, something is missing when we are arguing and quarreling with one another. It tells me that maybe you did not even understand the message that has come to you. It tells me that maybe you don't understand what God has done for you in Christ Jesus. Amen? Go with me, please, to 1 Corinthians chapter 3. First Corinthians chapter 3, verse 1. It says, Brothers, I could not address you as spiritual, but as worldly. The NIV says worldly. Mere infants in Christ. I gave you milk, not solid food, for you were not yet ready for it. Indeed, you are still not ready. You are still worldly. And King James says you are still fleshly. Or carnal, for since there is jealousy and quarreling among you, are you not worldly? Are you not acting like mere men? I want to stop right there. Uh, it says, I wanted to teach you, give you meat, but I had to give you milk. Uh, I, 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 wanted to, I, I wanted to treat you as mature, but I, have to, I see that you are still infants. I, I wanted to talk to you as spiritual, but I see you are still worldly, or the King James says still carnal. The original is actually the word carnal or fleshly. And the reason that I treat you as carnal, I, I cannot speak to you as mature people, is because there is still quarreling and jealousy among you. So, so it tells me that the, 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 the measuring standard to show that we are growing from infancy to maturity, it's not what Bible school we went to. It's not how many Bible verses we have memorized. It's not how many mission trips we have gone on. The sign of maturity will be determined by the level of jealousy and quarreling that is still in me. The more jealousy and the more quarreling, it shows me that I'm still an infant. But when I start to see that thing dying, it shows me that I am maturing. I'm coming into maturity. If I'm still full of jealousy and quarreling, it shows me that I am still fleshly worldly. In fact, the world is worldly. You know, when we think of worldly, you know, as believers, worldly, what is it? They don't watch movies. They don't go to, to dancing, drinking. They don't, nom, nom, worldly. Hallelujah. We are not worldly. Some of you are more worldly than you realize. You are in for a surprise. <laughs> the Bible makes no provision for that as worldly. Worldly is jealousy and quarreling. It says, what makes you different from anybody else? You are jealous, you are quarreling, you are infants, you are fleshly. So we grow from infancy to maturity by, by killing jealousy, by, 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 by killing quarreling, 
Amen? And we grow from, from flesh to spirit, from the carnal man to the spiritual man. Are you following what I'm saying? That's the measure. That's how we know we're growing. So it's measured relation, relationally because the message that God has given us is one message. It's the message of His Son. And the ministry that He has given us, it's only one ministry. And that is the ministry of reconciliation. Amen? Amen, amen? Ephesians chapter 2, it talks about how we are a building. Uh, actually, let me, let me read it. Ephesians chapter 2. And verse, can start in verse 19. Now, consequently, you are no longer foreigners and aliens, but fellow citizens with God's people and members of God's household, built on the foundation of the apostles and prophets with Christ Jesus himself as the chief cornerstone. In him, the whole building is joined together and rises to become a holy temple in the Lord. And in him, you too are being built together to become a dwelling in which God lives by his spirit. It says in verse 20, 21, in him the whole building is joined together. And in verse 22 it says, in him you are being built together to become a dwelling in which God lives by his spirit. Hallelujah. Lord, help me preach this like I feel it. Um, we, the Bible describes us as the building that God is building. And we are, uh, Peter actually tells us that each one of us are living stones. The way the building, just like this building we are building, the way it rises is when the bones, uh, when the bones, when the stones and the construction materials come together, according to their coming together, the building rises. So each stone has a responsibility to find the place where it comes together because each stone has a responsibility. As each stone comes together, as the coming together is focused on, without knowing it, the building rises. And the Bible says we are becoming a building in which God dwells by His Spirit. Praise God. In the Old Testament, wherever we see God's building being completed, the concluding event of that construction project is always the glory of God coming down. Moses, it talks for many chapters in the book of Exodus, how long it took to build the tabernacle, the materials, the, 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 the things that were used to construct the, 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 the building, the tent. And after it was finished, Moses inspected everything. And after everything was inspected, the Bible says, and the glory of God came and rested to the point that it was just no, no service, just dwell in the glory. When Solomon finished the temple, the same thing. When it was finished, the glory of God fell. The priests could not even minister. And the third temple we have is in the book of Ezekiel. When the temple is completed, the glory of God filled, filled the temple. Are you following what I'm saying? It uses all of that same language to apply to us, the church. It says that the building, it was not a physical building. It was a spiritual building, which is built by you and me. But it's only built at the place where you and me find the place where we are joined together. If we are quarreling and jealous of one another, the building is no longer, the construction process has stopped. But when we enter into a ministry of reconciliation, we find the place where we are joined together. And when we are joined together, the building rises. And when the building is rises, it becomes a holy temple in which God himself comes to reside in. Yeah. Come on, somebody. 
That's the power of the ministry of reconciliation. Now, those of you who have been for Africa Rise before, you can testify. We have the most anointed service. I, I, I thank God for that. I enjoy the presence of God. Amarinya and English. Let me make sure I'm doing ministry of reconciliation. Both services. Amen. The presence of God is here. When we come together in his name, something happens. But you will all, you, those of you who have been here before, you can testify as great as our services are. Every year when we do Africa Rise, it seems like the volume is increased a little bit more. I mean, not our singing, but like there's a, a, a strong sense of something like the presence of God is around here somewhere. There's like the, the joy of God, the love of God. You feel light. You feel free. Lord, you all left me by myself up here. If you will be honest, you can testify that there's something in the atmosphere. And I understand what, what that is. It's not the singing. I mean, the singing is fabulous. Musei, the singing is fabulous. Amen. Amen for the worship team and, and the band. Band and worship team, everybody. It's, it's beautiful singing, but that's not really... What, what the, the Bible, you know, he doesn't dwell, come down, he dwells on the house, you see, not on the singing. No, it's not the preaching, we've had some good preaching and even some not so good. It's not the preaching. We have wonderful ushers and hosts, I mean, everybody is serving. It's not the ushering, it's not that we all do, but I think what it is, is we, without maybe even knowing it, we are engaging in ministry of reconciliation. We are forcing people into a place of ministry of reconciliation. And wherever that comes together, the building rises. When the building rises, God comes down. That's the place where he dwells. Amen. Amen. Praise the name of the Lord. So, so today, I've just come to preach to you two things. Number one, the message. The message is Christ. That's the message that God is preaching. I know you wanted your breakthrough, your miracle, your hey, run around. No, Christ is the message. That's the message the Father wants us to, yes. But the second point is the ministry that we have been given. And that's the ministry of reconciliation. Today we're going to be taking the Lord's Supper to, together. And as we take the Lord's Supper in preparation for Africa Arise. I want everybody as we're taking to search your heart. Ask the Lord like David is, search my heart. You know, sometimes you don't even know your own heart. You know, uh, I'll ask the Holy Spirit to show you what you need to release today. To engage in a ministry of reconciliation. Yeah? Who did what to you? Africa, who did what to your people? Amen? And allow the ministry of reconciliation to begin. Amen? Because if the building goes up, God comes down. And that is how the world will know that we are his disciples. If we have love for one another. Amen? Amen, amen. So having said that, I would like the ushers to please come forward. We're going to take the Lord's Supper together. If you have not accepted Jesus as your Lord and Savior, we would advise you against taking this. We will give you opportunity to respond to Jesus uh, later on in the program. This is for those people who know Jesus as their Lord and Savior. And let this be a meal that reminds us not only of what he has done, but let's also use it as a reminder just to let things go today. Amen? It doesn't look good on you. Jealousy and quarreling, it doesn't look good on you. In light of what he has done, it doesn't look good on you. Amen? I am rebachum no malachu. Amen? Some machuing? I am rebachum. 
Let it go. All white people. No, let that go. All black people. No, no, no. Especially here, let that go. Hmm? This tribe, that tribe, let that go. Whatever you have, Rizraj, whatever you're carrying in there, let that go. Even, even close, your neighbor, your friend, people close to you, let that go. It doesn't look good on you. Brothers, don't argue with one another. Don't quarrel on the way. Hallelujah. Let's go into Africa, rise, fully equipped to enter the ministry of reconciliation. Praise the Lord. Search my heart, Lord, today. Just talk to the Lord right now. He didn't give us the ministry of singing. He didn't give us the ministry of preaching. He didn't give us the ministry of miracles, of outreach. He's committed to us the ministry of reconciliation. Every other ministry is in support of this ministry. It doesn't look good on you, church. Let's reflect Christ today.